in order to have a really solid personal brand, it needs to include both. It needs to include who are you and who are your people. Welcome to The Found Podcast with Molly Knuth, a podcast for women who are founding and getting found with their businesses online. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and my mission is to help women rewrite how we live and work on our own terms. We want to grow families, impact others for the better, and be a positive force in our communities. But we also want to have a fulfilling life, you know? In the past six years, I've gone from being a stay-at-home mom to a freelance social media marketer to a hashtag boss babe, managing client needs, talented team members, and my husband and four kiddos on our little farm here in Eastern Iowa. And what I've learned in that time is that it's not just about going full force or any one-size-fits-all strategy for a business owner. It takes you leaning into your unique gifts, intuition, and goals, and learning who you are as a person along the way to founding this business. So come along for lessons and stories from female founders growing and scaling their businesses through energetics, tried and true tactics, and high vibe personal growth. Be ready to get found. Hey there, welcome to this week's episode. I am so excited to share today's interview with you. My friend Maddie Pashong comes to us from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and she is a social media marketer, turned photographer, turned brand photographer, to coach. And she walks us today through the importance of having a personal brand and how you can use her 3R system to really build a personal brand ecosystem with your followers. I just find her approach to be so simple, so straightforward and fun. And as you listen through it, I hope you can hear like just how sweet and authentic and genuine Maddie is and how much fun we had recording this episode. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to be kept in the final recording, but halfway through my stomach just starts growling and I'm like, Maddie, can you hear this on the other side? So you'll know like from the get-go that Maddie and I are longtime social media friends and we have been voxing and in each other's DMs for the better part of a year or two. But just recently, were we able to meet in real life and get to actually hug one another. And it's just like, it's so fun to be able to sit across the table from somebody I admire and I know and have these like great conversations that I know you are going to love on a personal level and then be able to apply on a business level. So let's quit the intro here. I want you to just dig in to this interview with my friend, Maddie Pashong. Maddie, I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am equally excited. I've been looking forward to this since we first emailed about it. So I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> um, Maddie and I have been like Voxer and Instagram friends for well over a year now. We've only ever met in person once. And this is like our first time across the table, if you will, in a Zoom session. So I'm like, I feel like we are old friends, but really we've only met a few times. Like that's the power of like these online connections we can make, right? Totally, totally. I think that's one of the really magical things about 2022, like this era that we're living in. Like so many, my husband makes fun of me, but so many of the people who are like really powerful people in my life. I'm like, oh, I've met them one time or I've never met them. And he's like, that's so weird. I'm like, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Like we were at a conference back in August and that's where you and I met for the first time. And it was like, I was walking into the room and I was hugging all these people. And I came from like my hometown with people I know in real life, but I was like, hugging. I'm like, it's you. And like, they were like, do you even, do you want to sit with us? Do you want to go sit with your, like your Facebook friends and stuff? I'm like, I'll sit with whoever. It's just like a room full of all of these friends that I've met online. It's great. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Oh, so good. Well, Maddie, why don't we get down to business? Why don't you give us a little rundown? Tell us who you are, where you're located and what you do at the moment. And then we'll go into some of the evolution of your business over the past few years. Perfect. So my name is Maddie Pashang. I am a brand photographer and coach based in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I've been been doing photography for about 10 years, um, which seems like just a, I'm certainly not old enough to be doing anything for 10 years, being as I'm 21, but here we are. It's really fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so fascinating. 
Uh, but yes, I've been a photographer for, for about 10 years and specifically have been working in brand photography for about four or five. Um, and in the last, I mean, really only in the last 18 months or so, I only am shooting brand photography. So it's kind of been a, um, a, a bit of a long transition, I guess. It wasn't something where, you know, w- when you're shooting things like weddings, like you've got months and months between when you book and when you shoot. And so there was a decent transition period where I was only advertising brand photography. I was only talking about brand photography, but I was still finishing up a lot of other things that I had. Um, And so in the last 18 months, it's all brands all the time. And it feels really, really good to know that niche very well. Um, And I've also found, you know, on the photography side that when you say brand photography, like it, it feels like a very narrow niche. It encompasses a lot. I do headshot photography. I do um, photography for like more commercial, larger companies that need photos for their marketing. I work with personal brands. Those are my favorite. Um, So I still work in a lot of different areas, but specifically I'm taking photos to help people grow their businesses. And I absolutely love it. Oh, awesome. And on the personal side, you're a mom, you're a wife. You just completed this gorgeous new home build. Tell us a little bit more about all that. Yep. I am a mom of three. Um, My husband and I have been married for about nine and a half years and we have three kids. Um, They are almost seven, almost five and just turned two. So it's, you know, chaotic at all times around here. Everybody's kind of back to um, fall um, uh, routines, which feels really good. So yes, we just moved in to um, this dream house that we have built in. We're actually right outside Sioux Falls in T, South Dakota. And it has been, it's something that both my husband and I, especially my husband have wanted to do for a couple of years. And it was a big goal of ours. And to be able to kind of like watch it come to be and now be living here. Like I wake up every morning and look out the window and I'm like, we used to like walk through this house, like when it was just beams and you know what I mean? And like, now we're living here. So it's just awesome. Oh, I love it. And to think you've accomplished all this by the age of 21, Maddie, what I know. What a feat. It's really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So I think that you are just like so much fun, whether it's in person, on Voxer, on Instagram, like everything that you do, it just exudes this personality and this energy of Maddie. And I love that you are someone who is like following her like big energy and doing the things that light you up. So as we think back to like Maddie as a photographer, which I know isn't even how you like started your professional career, can you walk us through like how has your career evolution kind of been a journey of following your inner passions too? Can you take us through that? Yeah. It's so interesting. You know, I I have a coaching side of my business as well. And so I work with a lot of photographers and creative entrepreneurs who are kind of in the messy middle, right? Like they're trying to figure out what's next and they're really frustrated by their path. And just being a few years ahead, like where I'm at in my business, it's so clear to look back to my very first job out of college and be like, God, every single freaking thing was something that led me to the next thing that led me to the next thing that led me here. Like, it's now such a clear path to look back on in retrospect and be like, that crappy thing was like, it had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a really hard thing to identify when you're in the middle of it. So um, yeah, so I started out, um, I went to school for journalism and mass communications. and was always really interested in communication, but like the modern side of communication. So when I started college, um, it was very obvious that like, I, you know, grew up watching Gilmore Girls and I wanted to be Rory Gilmore and like write for (laughs) newspapers. (laughs) But it was really obvious that like that scene was changing. Um, When I was in college, Twitter started. Um, And so social media was just kind of coming up and people in the news journalists were like starting to use social media. Um, And the school that I went to did a really good job of making sure that like, yep, you're going to you're going to figure out how to write for like journalistically, but also we're going to talk about all these other things. And so that's where I got interested in like writing for web and social media and all of the majority of my internships in college were in social media. And I remember one time I got an internship with a healthy living blogger who I was obsessed with. Like I was a big blog reader in college and she was looking for 
a Twitter intern for her nonprofit, which wasn't really related to the healthy living part of her business, but I just really idolized her. And I applied for this internship and I, I had never like logged on to Twitter, but I was like, (laughs) I can figure this out. We're going to do like, I want to work with her. I feel like this is going to be a really great connection. And I think that that is kind of the epitome of my career thus far is like kind of doing things before you're ready and figuring it out as you go. So that was um, the the very beginning. And then when I graduated, I got a job at Blue Bunny Ice Cream doing um, all of their social media for Blue Bunny, Bomb Pop, and then a- another brand that doesn't exist anymore called Second Street Creamery. And then I also worked with licensed brands, uh, which at the time were Weight Watchers and Play. So it was an incredibly fascinating job. I was given way more responsibility than I should have been given as a 22-year-old who like had no idea what she was doing. <laughs> but but you were the youngest person in the office and you had to like automatically know how to operate social, right? Exactly. Exactly. That was pretty much the thought process, I think. And I give a lot of credit to my boss at the time. Like she totally believed in me and was like, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I learned a lot at that job and I, you know, mentioned it when I was speaking at the summit recently, like it, it informed so much of my career, um, even, you know, 10, 12 years later. So I did that for a couple of years. And then my husband and I, um, were interested in starting a family and thought, you know what, like maybe getting back to South Dakota where we're both from is a good idea. And so, um, we moved back to South Dakota and I got a job at a marketing agency and all this while I was also building this like photography side hustle business. and. It wasn't, um, I mean, I definitely had dreams in the back of my head of like, what would it look like to take this full time? Cause I loved the autonomy that I thought would come with that. Like I'm not a morning person. So like this morning I didn't start work until 10 30, 11 o'clock. And like, that's kind of my ideal. And so 8am is rough <laughs> for someone like me. So I definitely kind of idolized like, what could that look like to, to work for myself? But I also really loved my job. Like I loved Blue Bunny. I loved the agency job that I ended up getting when we moved to Sioux Falls. Um, and so I just kind of continued to build this, this side hustle um, and eventually got to the point where I had to pick one. We had had two babies and I loved my career, but I felt like I either had to go all in on the career or all in on the business. And I chose the business. and. At that point, I was shooting primarily weddings and then other portraits. And so I'm very thankful to weddings. Like they're what allowed me to quit my job um, and, you know, have more time for my family. But weddings are not super conducive to family life. It's a lot of nights. It's a lot of weekends. Um, So I knew from the jump that like this was not the end all be all. It was just kind of a means to an end. And around that same time, I started showing more of myself on social media, um, posting like selfies and self-portraits. I'd hand the camera to my husband and be like, take this photo of me and my laptop, but you know, very rudimentary. (laughs) And people started noticing. Yeah. Yeah. So people started noticing and other photographers specifically, because we have a really great community of photographers in Sioux Falls. And they were like, Hey, could you do photos like that for me, for my business? I also, when I was working with weddings, I, or working on weddings, I, formed relationships with the other vendors as you do. And so I would send them photos after the fact of their stationery or their venue or them, you know, planning the day or whatever. And that was like more fulfilling to me than delivering the wedding photos was being able to help another business owner and be like, use this on social media, put this on your website. So that was my start with brand photography. Although at the time I didn't even really know that it had a name. And um, once I realized it did and that I could combine my background of like marketing and social media with my love of visuals and photography and aesthetics, it was like, you know, the angels saying the heavens opened up and I was like, oh yeah, this is it. Like I had always had friends who had their it when it came to photography, like they could spend every weekend shooting weddings or they could work with families every single night, not tire of it. And I never felt that. And then when I found brand work, I was like, yes, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. And then that kind of evolved into coaching as well. Oh my gosh. I love this story. And just like you started with, there's no way that you can look ahead, even though as much as we would love to, myself included, I'd love to know what is the next step and the fifth step from here, but we can't do that. But looking back, just like you showed in every iteration of your business, 
there was something that you needed to learn and something that you needed to maybe learn like practically and tangibly, but also learn about yourself and your preferences. And without those different steps in your journey, you wouldn't have come to this point today where you have your it. So I love hearing that even from that very first marketing job at 22 with Wells Blue Bunny, there were takeaways that you're still applying today. What a great, what a great story. And what a great like example of leaning into intuition and evolving as you grow. Yeah. And I I think that you're spot on with like how that that's intuitive, you know, and it's hard to, um, I think oftentimes it's really difficult to learn, to listen to that, like to listen to the pull of, cause I think it's very easy. I'll speak specifically about photography, but I'm sure this is applicable to a million other industries. I think it is very easy to continue to do weddings because they make the most money because like that is the thing to do. It's maybe a little bit more difficult to get creative and think like, well, how, but if I love doing families or if I love working with brands, how can I make that work where I'm making the money that I want to make working the hours that I want to work, you know, like it takes some creativity to, to make it work. And then also to, in the first place, listen to the feelings that you're having. And it's scary. I think it can be really scary to to listen to that and really dig your heels in. Like, nope, this, if this is what I'm feeling, there's a reason for it and I'll make it work. You know, I'll figure out a way to make it work. But that's challenging. And yeah, it's hard to know when I was just having this conversation with someone else. It's hard to know when that intuition or that feeling is like your ego just being like, oh, this is a little too big for us right now. Or when it's like that intuitive, like, Trust yourself, trust this feeling and make a change. Yep, totally. Mm, So good. So now that you are like, you found your it, it's brand photography. You said that it can take a variety of shapes from headshots to like a personal branding session. But can you walk us through what are those differences? How does somebody know what kind of brand photography they need? How do they know they need brand photography? And what is it that lights you up about personal brand photography specifically? Ooh, these are such good questions. So I think what kind of perhaps makes me an interesting brand photographer is that I don't think everyone needs brand photography. Ooh, <laughs> tell me more. I love brand photography. I think my favorite part about brand photography is that we are able, as photographers, we are able to give people a glimpse into their potential. And oftentimes it is so much closer than what we want to believe it is. Like I, every time I show people the back of the camera, the first couple of shots that we take every single time they respond with, oh my gosh, I look like a grown up. I don't like, I, I look so confident. I look so like, I look so mature. I like whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want to just scream like, you look like you, <laughs> that is what you look like. You know what I mean? But we don't see ourselves that way. And I think that that's the magic of a really polished brand photography session. It has the power to make you feel like how you want to be, like how you want to be perceived and how you want to like show up in the world. But when we're, you know, heads down at our desks, dirty hair, like it's hard to, you know, really like picture that. Um, So for me, that's the power of brand photography. And that's why I love what I do. But we also live in this really incredible age where every, you know, everybody has a smartphone, everybody has access to um, the internet, really. And so there's a ton of content that can be created, connection that can be created without a professional photo shoot. Like that's just the reality of it. And I think that a good brand strategy involves both of those things. It involves, you know, a really put together kick-ass photo shoot that happens maybe once a year or something like that. But it's also all of those little content and connective pieces in between. They're both important. They both serve different purposes, you know? Uh, I am 100% on board with that because you can have a brand that has all the gorgeous photos in the world. Like they have everything they release is professional quality. But if they're not doing that connection piece that you were talking about, like there's like huge name brands that get literally next to 0% engagement rate. But then you've got people who have smaller followings. They are DIYing their own content, but they're telling stories. 
They are authentically engaging with their followers and they have a loyal connection with everybody that is on their follow list. So I love what you're saying about this. Yeah, I think that it's so important to to really think about both of those things and also to understand. I mean, I think I definitely have a tendency to be like, well, if I can't do this to this caliber, I might as well just not do it at all. And I think when it comes to personal branding in general, something is better than nothing. And actually something small is probably a lot bigger than you think it is. Like I always laugh at like the stuff that I post on Instagram stories that gets the most DMs or the most like engagement. It is never anything profound. And like, I like to think I'm posting profound things once in a while. Like I love a good motivational reel. But when I ask people like, what they're, you know, do you use the big fork or the little fork when you're eating a lasagna? Like (laughs) it's stupid stuff like that. That's what people want to talk about because it's, it's human and it's something that everybody can relate to, you know? So I think building a personal brand, is that helped by investing in this really amazing four figure brand shoot? Yeah, totally. That would be really helpful. Do you need it? No, absolutely not. Ah. So let's take this a little bit further into the personal branding discussion, because I know that's something that's really close to your heart, not just like the photography side of personal branding, but really building out your own personal brand that's part of your business. And at the summit that we attended as part of Empower Her, like you talked about your own like specific take on building a personal brand and you reflected on like what you identified as the three R's and building that personal brand ecosystem. So I really want to dig into that a little bit more, but can you give us an overview? Like how did you come to get this methodology about building a personal brand and then walk us into this personal brand as an ecosystem concept, please? Yeah. So talking about, you know, the, the, the entrepreneurship path and my path in general, this has taken me years. (laughs) It's really difficult for me to Um, like formalize and conceptualize things that I do just kind of by nature. Um, Mm -hmm. And certainly I've learned to do these things, right? Like you're not born um, knowing like how to use Instagram. (laughs) But but it's really difficult for me to kind of like put it into a format that's digestible. And so in the past, I, I love coaching, but I've had a really hard time pulling together like formal module by module education because of this. And so this felt like just a huge breakthrough. And how it started was me realizing that like there were kind of two different um, subsects of people online when they were talking about essentially personal branding or something similar to it. And it was people who were talking about like, how are you showing up online? Like, let's talk about, you know, personal branding, like let's focus on the you part of it. And then the flip side of that was like, let's focus on your people, right? Like, what do they want? What do they need? What are their struggles? And for me, that was a Venn diagram. Like a good personal brand includes both of those things. And so that's where it started was understanding that like, no, it's not one or the other. One is not more important than the other. In order to have a really solid personal brand, it needs to include both. It needs to include who are you and who are your people. So that's how it started. And then in a conversation that I was having with my business coach, like, you know, continuing to just kind of like dig at this, I came up with these, these three R's. And so I have a hard time saying it starts with, because I, I see it as such a circle, you know, it's such an ecosystem, Mm -hmm. but typically when I'm talking about it, I'll start with reputation. So that's number one. And your reputation is essentially your, your marketing. Where are you showing up online? What are you saying? What are people saying about you? And uh, really understanding and having a good grasp on your digital footprint. So when simple things like when you Google yourself, what comes up? And there's this really great quote that gets tossed around a lot in branding and personal branding that your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And I love that quote. I think it's very true. But I think that it negates where we're at in history right now. Like we we have a lot of control actually about what people are perceiving about us when we're not in the room because of social media, because of the internet. Like if you Google my name, it's Instagram, Facebook, a website that I own, a blog that I write. Like I have actually a lot of control over how I'm perceived. And I think that sometimes people are forgetting that. So that's that first step is reputation, kind of taking that audit of where you're at online and also figuring out where do you want to be? Um, And this is where like, there's some tough questions to be asked, right? Like, 
what do you want? What kind of a business are you trying to build? Because those, those are the important things that inform really the rest of your brand. An example that I like to give is the questions that tend to come up here. And some often some of the first questions that I hear when I'm working with somebody is, well, should I have one Instagram or two? Like, should I have a personal Instagram and a business Instagram? And I used to have like a pretty hot take on this. Like I felt very, and I've, I've had a hot take on both answers. You should definitely have one. You should definitely have multiple. And I've realized, obviously, like if I can have a hot take on both of those sides, then the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. And the key is not asking, should I have one Instagram account or two? It's, it's asking like, what do I want? Where do I want to be online? Do I want to have a personal brand that really encompasses everything where I can just kind of showcase both my personality and my brand um, and all these different pieces of me? Or is my business one where it makes a lot of sense to have a separate Instagram account? Am I building a team? Do I have a storefront? Like the answer is just a little bit more complicated than a hot take. Um, so that's reputation. I think that's so fascinating though. But again, like you just said, it comes back to what do you want? And for like a lot of women specifically, I feel like maybe I'm making a blanket statement right here, but I feel like for a lot of women, that might be a hard question to answer. So it's okay to like go through this process and like think through it. But yeah, there's definitely, you can have that personal brand or you can have that like more team oriented, like storefront, like polished brand too. And it's okay. You can choose which one fits you the best. And you can also change your mind. I I think that that is another piece that we kind of forget about. Personal branding is based on people and people change. And we really like to beat ourselves up over like changing our mind or, you know, putting our flag in the sand on something. And then a few months later, deciding that's actually, that doesn't feel right. That's not intuitive. I don't want that anymore. We just love to beat ourselves up over that. And that's just growth and it's change. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think you're a really good example of this, like how your brand is evolving in recent months compared to a year ago. Those are good things. It's not something that we need to like beat ourselves up over. And it's definitely, well, thank you, first of all. Um, And it's definitely something that feels like as you're making these changes, it doesn't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel natural. I was um, talking to my mentor, Allie Reeves, a few weeks ago. And I said, like, sometimes this growth feels almost like a balloon where like you're in this excited, like I'm growing, I'm changing and evolving. And like a balloon is getting puffed up. And then all of a sudden you're like, I don't know if this is exactly right. And you want to like bring that balloon back down, but it's still stretched. Like, you know, it might not be as inflated as it was, but that balloon is still stretched bigger than it was when you started because Mm -hmm. you had that growth. And so you have this like conflicted, should I go forward? Should I change my mind? And as you said, if you're operating a personal brand, all of that's just part of the process because it's about you as the human, as the person. And we aren't the same from year to year, let alone day to day. So exactly. I think this is great. Thank you. And I, I think it's something too, that if you, if you look at even larger, what I refer to as commercial brands. So like, whether that's a big bank in your hometown or Amazon and Nike, you know, like if you look at brands like that, they allow themselves to evolve. They're not rebranding every six months, but like I laugh every time I get an email from Google, my business, because it's been Google, my business, Google business, Google, Google plus like it's been <laughs> They're shutting down. Things. They're going forward. You know, yes. if Google can like not quite know what she's doing, you cannot know what you're doing. It's fine. Oh, that's fantastic. Cause yes, I totally agree <laughs> <laughs> about the Google, my business thing. I had somebody ask me, they're like, should I do this? And I was like, I think I got an email a couple months ago that that was shutting down yeah, knows, literally that knows. day. It was like, going forward with Google, my business, get your listing updated. I was like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. It's unreal. So, okay. So let's go into the yeah. second R rapport. Yes. So then rapport. So rapport is essentially the connection. And when it comes to rapport, these oftentimes are things that feel a little bit surface level. And so I think we kind of breeze past them. This is where things come up. Like I'm not that interesting. Who would want to listen to me? You you know, you hear that a lot. Um, But rapport is it's where that connection is created. And, And that's a really important thing because if you don't have connection, 
you can't go on to have that deeper relationship, which is the final R that we'll talk about in a minute. So it's essentially finding areas where you overlap. So at the beginning of this conversation, when we talked about that Venn diagram of you and your people, rapport sits at the middle of that. What do you have in common? Like where, where can you help because they have a need, but also like, where are your interests similar? Um, where do you kind of intersect? And, uh, goldmine for rapport and creating that rapport with your people is Instagram stories. And I know that people love to, you know, talk about how it, it's it's just Instagram. It's just social media, but I think it's a real, and I, I'm sure you agree. Like, I think it's a really powerful tool and, um, Instagram stories can really be a goldmine for creating that rapport because it's essentially just a behind the scenes look at your life. And I, I think it is so funny when people say like, I'm not that interesting. Nobody's going to want to watch me. This is the generation that turned reality TV into like a multi-billion dollar cultural reset. Like we care. <laughs> we mm-hmm. care what you're doing on a Wednesday at noon. Sorry, we do. We want to know more. And that that connection is really important for attracting those people who are those soul sister level clients, the people who are really easy to work with. I had a client recently who's like a soul sister client for me. I love working with her and she was creating some content for her business. She's also a brand photographer and she was creating some personal content and she reached out to me and she was like, okay, so I'm, I'm creating this personal content and it's actually performing really well. It's been kind of fun to watch. Like it's getting a lot of engagement. So she's a brand photographer, but she's also a single mom. And she recently adopted a bunch of baby chickens, baby chicks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's, it's amazing. So she was sharing about that and asked like, should I keep doing this? Because this is not about brand photography. And I was like, yes. Oh my gosh. Keep sharing because that's that rapport content. Like that's going to create connection. The story is like too good to not share because a couple of hours later, she had in her DMS, a message from a chicken feed company that I think she had tagged them or something. Cause it was like a feed that she uses for her new baby chickens. They saw her content. They loved it. They saw that she was a brand photographer. They needed a brand photographer. And they ended up, they asked for a quote and they are now working together for $1,700 a month because she posted a video that was not related to her as a business owner, but it was related to her as a person. And I think too often we're glossing over that type of content, but the reality is we want to do business with people that we like. So this Mm -hmm. connection is really important. Uh, I love that story because it, A, I also have chickens, so I can connect on that rapport level. And I'm like, you don't know until you get chickens, like what it's like. But secondly, it is just the biggest example of just trusting, again, going back to that trust and that intuition and listening and leaning into what feels good to you, what feels good to your followers, and just following that and seeing where it goes. And it's not always going to result in a huge client contract land, but at the very least, it's going to make you feel excited to show up on social media. It's going to make you feel like all this time you invest in this app isn't for naught. It's like creating those real relationships, like you said, Yeah, we're going to get to, but it can feel silly, but it is so endearing to your audience and it's creating those loyal followers. And I would say, I mean, you're spot on nine times out of 10, it's not going to result in money in your bank account, at least initially, but it creates that first touch point that eventually has the potential to turn into a client, you know, and that's something that shouldn't be glossed over. Um, One of my favorite like metrics (laughs) to look at when it comes to my Instagram is when I post, Hey guys, I don't know what to do for dinner tonight. I've got a pound of ground beef. What do I do with a pound of ground beef? The amount of responses that I get from people who took the time to be like, this is my favorite Pinterest recipe. This is my family's favorite thing. Like it is, it is such a goofy thing, but it is so humbling every single time that these people took time out of their day to set, you know, to dig through their recipe archives and send me something. And I think that that says a lot about the rapport that I'm building. Like these people feel like they have a connection to me, or at least I hope they do. That's my goal. And that means something, you know, even if it's not resulting in those immediate dollars in the bank, like it makes me feel like what I'm doing is making a difference is creating connection. And that's a big deal. Yes. Those little question boxes can tell you so much. And 
especially when it's these more rapport building kind of topics, people will come out of the woodwork to give you helpful advice or to like one I just posted was like, which Spice Girl did you pretend to be at recess? And so many people played Spice Girls at recess, but it's like some of those silly things. But that part of it too is like, it also is demonstrative of like, when people see this form of content, it might just not be the right time for them to partner up with you. But down the road, if they're like, you know, I am starting this business, I know I need personal brand photos. And, you know, there's that person that I really liked. I know she does personal brand photos. And she also was talking about ground beef recipes. And she was also showing me like the behind the scenes of her home build. And so sometimes those are the things people remember. And then it's kind of like the six degrees, like they remember that thing that wasn't really on brand with your business but it takes them down that journey to, oh yeah, and that's what she does. And that's what I need right now, even though I didn't need it a year ago. Exactly. That that is a phenomenal point. And we so often want that like instant payoff, but that's not business. Business is about relationships. And like, this is how you build those relationships. Take us into relationships, which is the third of your ecosystem. That's such a great segue. (laughs) Look at us. It's like we're professionals. Okay, so- relationships is really your client experience. So this takes something like rapport, that initial connection, and it takes it a level deeper. So with relationships, the goal here is essentially to do what you say you're going to do. So you can't just post about chickens. You can't just make sure you're showing up in all the right places online. Like you also have to deliver on this amazing thing that you said you're going to deliver on. Your service matters. Yes, people want to work with people that they like, but they also want to get what they paid for. So um, this, this is maybe like the less sexy side of, of business and of the personal brand journey. It's things like systems and automations. Um, I think I was just having a conversation this morning about someone who, or with a friend who was having just a really negative experience with a service provider. And it came down to lack of communication. Like this person was just not communicating. And my friend said, I know that this person is burnt out. I know that they're struggling right now. I get it. I just need a plan. Like, I just want an email back that says, I'm so sorry. I messed up. Here's what I'm going to do. That is so simple. And yet it's incredibly difficult. It's very vulnerable to admit when you're wrong or to admit when something didn't go right. But by simply communicating, and I would argue over communicating with our clients, because, you know, people are human and maybe don't read the full email or whatever. By simply communicating, you are standing out among a crowd of noise because creative business owners, I think especially, get really overwhelmed with that side of their business. So by by having an autoresponder or by responding to emails within 24 to 48 hours, by having a really great system that you onboard clients through, that is incredibly powerful. And what happens when you have an experience like that is that your people have really no choice but to talk about you, right? In a good way, to tell their friends about you, to send more people like them back to you. Oh, I love that. And I love when I email you, you have that autoresponder set up to make sure that people are aware of when they can expect a response and to know like, and I think you talked about this before too, but like, then when you have that, like, expected time frame set if you show up sooner like you are just like delivering even beyond their expectations and that builds in that surprise and delight factor that helps to like really facilitate this ecosystem and personal brand growth too exactly and that surprise and delight is really really key and i i think a lot of that comes from like setting very clear boundaries and expectations. We maybe don't think of boundaries when we think of relationship building. We maybe think of like bending over backwards and over delivering, but really it's upfront setting boundaries. When can you expect to hear from me? Here's what my process looks like. Here's what I expect from you. Here's what you can expect from me. Laying that out so it's very, very clear. And then every opportunity you have to do it just a little bit better doing that. So if you say you're going to respond to emails within 48 hours, but you happen to be online and you can respond a little bit sooner, do that. If you say you're going to, for photographers, this is a huge one, saying you're going to deliver photos within two weeks and doing it in one week when you're able to, those little touches make it feel like this client is that VIP, right? They're getting special treatment. When really it's it's a part of your process, you just were really good at setting boundaries in the beginning and you're not, you know, maybe so completely overworked where you can do these little things. 
Oh, I think that's so great. The little things really do matter, especially when you're building that personal brand, because it's all like, it's building that positive reputation and like that word of mouth that will help you get referrals and grow. Yeah. And I mean, I, as I have grown in my business, I'm at a place now I'm charging enough and I um, take on way fewer clients where I can do really cool things for my clients. Like I can give them really awesome gifts or I can over deliver in certain areas because I have the capacity to do that. That's taken 10 years. And there's a lot of other things that I've been doing during those 10 years that I didn't spend a dime really, or maybe I spent $5 on a cup of coffee to sit down with them and plan their wedding day timeline. But like, it didn't take money out of my pocket. And I think so often when it comes to relationship building and client experience, we want to go directly to client gifts when oftentimes we can't quite support that level of investment yet. Um, So instead responding to emails and having a really good system and setting those boundaries and over delivering in certain areas. I say that cautiously because you don't, you know, you don't want to over deliver to the point where you're burning yourself out, but there's ways that you can do it that feel really good. Your client is thrilled. And then they say all the nice things about you. Ah, yes. And I'm so glad you brought up the fact that this is something you've learned over 10 years. It's not like you need to have, and this is something I was just talking to a group about yesterday. Like we say systems and processes and having these things in place and knowing what your turnaround times are and knowing what to charge so you have this margin. But like all of that happens through experience and through time. And so you can try something and give it that chance and wherever you succeed or make mistakes, it's inevitable you're going to have both. But then learning from that and then like really tweaking that so that the next time you go through it, it's like making these a little more polished, making that client experience a little bit better and just building a little bit at a time. I love that you brought that up. Yes, it is something that absolutely comes with experience and also comes with failure. Like there have been, even like in the past couple of weeks, I could probably tell you like five different times where I certainly did not meet my own expectations when it came Mm -hmm. to client experience. Now, I think because of some of the boundaries and expectations I have in place, it's pretty rare for my clients to catch on to those things, you know? So like an example would be, it takes me a full two weeks to deliver photos as opposed to doing it in one. My client thinks it's two, you know, two weeks is two weeks. That's what they expected. But I know I can do it in, I can do it in less time. So like that doesn't feel great to me. There's numerous cases recently where I'm like, I fell a little bit short there, but it's just figuring out like, why did I fall short? Is this an unrealistic expectation? How can I do better? What can I outsource? It comes with time and it comes with some probably uncomfortable conversations um, and uncomfortable, even, you know, looking at your business in kind of an uncomfortable light. But I think it's really worth it. Mm, That's Yes. So much wisdom jam-packed into these 45 minutes, Maddie. We could talk forever. Be good. But a couple of questions that I want to make sure we get to before we are at time. So one thing, if you could give listeners a quick step or two to take today after they stop listening to this episode to build their personal brand or to make a positive improvement, are there one or two like simple things that you could recommend to someone that could really help enhance their personal brand today? Yes. So I I think of two. One is a little bit of a deeper, thoughtful thing. And one is just like quick hit. Um, And the first is to take some time, sit down, open up a Word document, blank piece of paper, whatever, and journal a little bit, which is my least favorite exercise. I'm sorry if you're rolling your eyes. I'm right there with you. (laughs) But it's an incredible Mm -hmm. exercise. Journal through like, what do you want your business to look like? Everything from like the hours that you want to work. Like, are you like me? Do you not like sitting down to work until 1030? Cause you got stuff to do before then. Do you want to work right away in the morning? Like all those little details really figure out like, what's the structure of the business that you're wanting to create? Because once you understand that, once you understand what you want, it's a lot easier to build a personal brand that supports those things as opposed to kind of trying to be too many things for too many people. And then you look back and you're like, gosh, this, this personal brand does not feel personal. It feels like I'm pulling teeth. Like this is not what I wanted. So I think that while that's a bit of a cumbersome exercise, it's really important and it's important to revisit. Um, The second thing is a lot more quick hit 
Um, experiment with Instagram stories. If this isn't something that you have done much of before because you feel like it has to be very like planned out, very thoughtful, it does not. <laughs> I would say just sharing like a little peek into your day. Um, there's a creator that you and I both follow, Susie Holman. And I think this was years ago that she said, um, if you can commit to getting on Instagram stories morning, noon, and sometime in the evening, three times a day, and just doing like a, this is what I'm doing. This is what I've done. This is what I'm thinking. Like it does not have to be anything planned that can go a long way in creating that rapport. Oh, I love both of those. Both are action oriented, which I know is going to be great for our people who are like, I like the strategy. I like the things to do. And they're both a little bit reflective too. So it's great for that kind of person as well. Which brings me to my last question before we start to wrap. I know that you are also someone who loves energetics and woo, and you work with a coach specifically who is kind of into that as well. So can you speak a little bit to some of those energetics or that intuition? How do you, I guess we've already covered some of that. So maybe this isn't quite applicable, but maybe just walk us through like, what are those things that you really lean into in that space? Yeah. I think for me, the biggest thing is intuition. And that has been really the most transformative part of my like business and life over the last couple of years. I've had a few instances that felt, you know, really, really big at the time where my body, my intuition was telling me this isn't right. Like this isn't that you're trying to make something work that you actually don't really want to work that badly. I always think of about a year and a half ago, I walked away from my biggest client. They were a hundred, like they were paying my bills. They were phenomenal to work with. It was an all woman team. It, it got me like national recognition, but it just wasn't fitting into the brand that I wanted to build. It wasn't fitting into that business. And so I, I, you know, amicably walked away and on paper that looked so stupid at the time. Um, and it has been the best thing that I could have done, but it didn't come without like six months of me trying to make it work. Like of me being like, maybe if I hire an associate, maybe if I outsource more, maybe if I charge more, maybe, you know, like just trying to make every little thing work because I wanted to make it work. I want, you know, I wanted to continue down this path and working with this client that I really liked, but I wasn't thinking about myself. Like what, what do I really want to be known for? What's the business that I want to build? And does this fit into that? It didn't fit into that. And so it got to the point where I was like physically ill because I knew that I had to have this conversation, which ended up being like a super sweet, fine conversation. Everyone survived. It's not, a, you know, in retrospect, it was not a big deal. Um, but I've had instances like that where like, I am not listening to my intuition and it always ends up with like something kind of has to explode before I listen <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm learning to listen to that a little bit sooner. It doesn't always work that way, but I am, I'm learning that like, I do know what I want and what I don't want. And it's important to listen to that. Like there's a reason that those are my desires and that's okay. I think that is a great note to end on because it's something everybody can probably have an example like you just shared where there was something that gave red flags and we just choose to like, yeah, I'm going to keep going anyway. But that's when we, we know in our bodies and when things are, sorry, can you hear my stomach growling? <laughs> no, I can't. Oh my God. I'm like, it won't stop. <laughs> oh my anyway. God. That's hilarious. <laughs> we know in our bodies when things just aren't right. And we need to be able to trust those little pings, if you will. Yes. All right, Maddie, thank you so much for your time. Can you tell us a little bit more about like, what are some things you have coming up as we close out 22 or begin 2023? And where can people find out more about you or how to be a part of what you're doing? Yeah. So I am mostly on Instagram and really any social media platform at Maddie Pashong, but I hang out the most on Instagram. Um, my website is maddiepashong.com. And I have some programs coming up um, really specifically focused on personal branding and what that could look like in your own business, where we really dive into these three R's um, and what that looks like for you, because the reality is it's going to look different for everybody. So 
Um, those are some like group things that are kind of coming in the next couple of months. Um, and in the meantime, I'm always taking one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. I'm mostly, most of the time taking brand photography clients too, depending on availability. Um, yeah. So those are different ways that you can work with me. And even if you just follow along on Instagram, I'd be so grateful. Love it. Okay. We do have a couple minutes. Um, I do close with the small talk round, which are unprepared questions. And so I'll make this really fast and really simple. Are you ready? Ready. Number one, what's a podcast you listen to without fail and you recommend to everybody? Normal gossip. Ooh, I've never heard that one. It's so good. <laughs> okay. I'm adding it to my list. It's all, right. all about like gossip stories, but they anonymize everything. And it's just like kind of petty, great gossip that is not related to you at all. So it's just like delightful. I love it. I listen to Armchair Anonymous, which is oh, yes. similar. People call in with these, like you don't get their full name, but you get a juicy story and you're like, yes, oh my I love it. I love it. <laughs> Question two, what are you most likely to be found snacking on when you're at your work desk? Mm, cheese and crackers. Girl after my heart. I love that. <laughs> Question three, what is one thing that's on your bucket list before the end of the year? Ooh. That is a really good one. I would love to, I don't know about before the end of the year, but soon for sure, I want to take a trip with just myself and my husband. We're celebrating 10 years of marriage next summer and we like love traveling with our kids, but it's a different vibe. So would love to take a trip with my husband. Fantastic. Well, Maddie, thank you so much for your time today and all of that wisdom you shared with us. I know this is going to be a fan favorite episode. And it's one of my favorite too. I love getting to talk to you. So thank you so much for your time today. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening in to The Found Podcast. If you loved what you heard in today's episode, please head over to The Found Podcast on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review. It means so much to know how you think about these episodes where I pour out my heart or to know what strategies you found most effective from our guest experts. While you're there, you can also check out that library of 100 plus episodes of stories of female founders and successful strategies for getting found in your business. Thank you again for being here this week and I'll be back with even more in next week's episode.